a podcast shedding light on how healing is an inside job. Keys to your inner power and total transformation. Discussing wholeness, wellness, and the effects of the mind on the physical and energetic parts of our being. Sacred knowledge that inspires us to look within, to find our own unique path. Release and rewire to become what you truly are, strong, whole, and empowered. Welcome to the Empowered Mind, Empowered Health podcast for the Conscious Game Changers with Dr. Jane. Please like, share, and subscribe. Just be the wave. Today, we have Grace Asagra, author of The Healing Dance. Grace has immersed in her family's practice in indigenous medicine in the Philippines and now blends pre-ancient indigenous ancestral healing with conventional medicine as a registered nurse. She also does quantum energy science healing to upgrade our DNA to its original blueprint. Welcome, Grace. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Marquis, and you're so sweet to invite me. Oh, lovely to have you. Grace, let's get into this really juicy topic about, re, about returning our DNA to its original blueprint. Can you tell us what you mean by that? Okay, so, well, how did I come into that, those words? Um, I guess from, from early on, I've always heard that we are made in the image of God and others call them Allah or just just in the image of someone much higher and greater and force than us, that it's infinite, that it is, um, that if that infinite uh, being, that we're able to go and connect to that infinity. But then all around me seem to be teaching me that okay, things are not really infinite, that it's finite. And so it's kind of like, kind of part of me is getting confused of that. But then it's just interesting that when you have felt it, like I felt it in my heart, that that's not impossible, that the truth is there, but then it's not being, um, like being taught to us. You know, and then then he said, okay, then things come to me. So for me, that original blueprint is, is still, that consciousness is still the foundation of our healing. And that physically, our DNA really has that, uh, that, that um, ability. But somewhere, somehow down from the history and this goes back way beyond way before the two of us were born so it's like eons ago ancient years ago there's some i will say there's some digress race 
that made it uh, intentional that at some point we wouldn't have our DNA is changed. So there seemed to be like an off, off balance. And, uh, you know, again, I'm not a, uh, a physicist or a specialist in DNA, but those are the things that people can research on their own and then see that, okay, what is it that we're not, we tend to be fearful or we tend to have that negative thought of not advancing ourselves? It's because it seems like we're, we, we have forgotten that that's our original DNA blueprint is a blueprint of infinite possibilities. And so especially nowadays, like, you know, when in, and all the things around us, whether it's another group intentionally plotting certain things, but also the way we behave will now affect, because we ourselves would alter that or will not, we won't be able to reach that potential that we could go back to that original blueprint. It's, it's not easy and it's not just gonna come overnight. We have to own it and we have to work on it. And so it's just a continuing process because I think that's what we, each of us came here for, to live that human experience. And yet this is just one experience. So it's still, you know, it's a continuing process. And that's why I always say, bring it back to your original blueprint. And, you know, because it, it is there. And instead of like, but, but, but then, yeah, the, the, the inheritance of certain things, that's is a reality. But then the emphasis should have been that although there is some inheritance of the weak genes, but be outside that weak junk genes is, or not outside, in that junk genes is really a whole potential of infinite possibilities of what we are, uh, we can experience. And it's not, and it's not that it is a strange topic because there are other people that, and who have experienced super power thing, but it's just that we don't, it's not in the mainstream. It's not in the news. It's not a highlight that it's happening, but it is happening. And in, it mostly you, we hear those conversations in alternative media, like the podcast and, you know, other things. I always say, Jane, that how come the best studies, the one that's awakening, the empowering education is not really within the mainstream educational system? But it's all outside. So from that time on, I became like a, a believer. I became like a, a seeker of a real education outside the main education. And as one, um, as even like uh, Dr. Duhenio, who's, who's a quantum, uh, more, whose specialty is quantum morphogenetic, um, resonance and Dr. Butar would always say that truth is, is stranger than fiction. And then, so then, then, then they follow it up by saying, 
would you rather live in lies than in truth? But so, but then all both of them, and I, I bet a number of um, health professionals, doctors, it's just, again, it's not becoming popular topic, but it, 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 it slowly it's coming. And I am optimistic that soon that will become like a buzzword and yeah. people will understand what that means. Yeah. Well, if you watch Thrive 2, there's hope of that because they go into Nassim Haramin's uh, work and he's a scientist that has looked into all kinds of things that connects everything, the unified field. And, you know, uh, they, they talk about how you can connect to that through meditation and the right energy and you know, that we are far more capable than we believe or have been led to believe. So maybe that's where your, you know, education has kept us maybe in a box. Yeah, that yeah. Could be what um, you're saying, right? I, I think so. Because, uh, you know, I guess there's just some of us who came into this world to have that role. <laughs> that they can do that one role and then here we are on another role so you know but i um i have that tribe too in my list so yeah, i you love it yeah i'm going to have time to, you know tonight or tomorrow but you know because i i have a little bit easier time this week yeah <laughs> and you come from a family that was into indigenous healing and there must be a connection to all of that. Yeah. Um, I, so grew, I grew up in the Philippines and in a region, it's a city, but it's more, it's called rural. It's a rural and an urban. So it's not like a big city. And during my, the years that I was growing up, we didn't have television. We just have radio. And now there is TV. We didn't even have, there was no elevator and there's no such thing as supermarket. But of course now there's supermarket. So it was really like a very, a very quaint city that's still so close to nature. And um, we have hospitals and I was, I, that's where I originally get trained as a nurse. So even with nursing that I went to, of course, it was based on the science of Western medicine, Western science of education, but they weren't very strict with us when it comes to like us talking with the community about indigenous healing practices. And there, we didn't have, rarely does family have a health insurance. Um, when most people will just go to the doctor, I guess when, and, and not even all when they have, when mothers had to deliver babies, but we had a lot of traditional um, uh, midwives as well. So because of that, it was, became like a, it became like a um, first aid. I call it the indigenous healing was our first aid. It was like, it's just a natural thing. But of course, slowly, people were going away from that. But what my, my fun experience was that 
even when I was working in the community as a community nurse, so now here it's equivalent to public health nursing, I, I can tell them if they come to me with fever, they, they don't, you know, we don't send them to the doctor or anything. We take care of them as a community health nurse. And my rule when I used to take care of them is, how about, did you use this herb? Did you use this? Did you use that? So everything that's from um, the indigenous healing. So then they said, oh, no. And I asked that because the, the, the locals, they know, they know it. Sometimes they just have to hear it. And if they hear it coming from me, like a nurse, I said, oh, maybe it's okay. They should try that. So I tell them that if your fever doesn't go away in three days, then come back to me. I'll give you something. And during that time, and again, this was part of, um, now I, I can't really compare now, but during that time, pharma, big pharma used to give medications free to the community, okay? But I'm sure nothing is really given free because there's always another or another system there that's making some money out of that free thing. So then, so we had like supplies, but I will never give those antibiotics, um, not even Tylenol, you know, I will tell them to take the herbs and do their sponge bath. And they really, they rarely come back to me after three days. So, and initially I was teaching, um, or we have that public education. And one of my favorite books, Jane, during that time was, where there is no doctor. I don't know if you've heard that, but that was a book that was uh, translated into many, many languages around the world, where there is no doctor. So, and that, what I did is, it was really a collection of all indigenous first aid or the first things you do. So what I did is whatever common illnesses that my community was experiencing, I translated that into my language, my impact beyond my language, my dialect. So I had a good time doing that, okay? Because I want the, the people to really get it in their head that it said, look, it is a book and it's written and doesn't it sound familiar that this is also what we're doing here. So, it, so then, so I initiate the teaching, but before you know it, Jane, it was so enjoyable because they're teaching me. And there will be a day that I will tell them, oh, next week we'll talk about herbs for your stomach problems. And they'll bring me plants, we'll talk about it. So it's, it, was, it was really a, a, a dynamic community. So when I left the Philippines because I had to help my family, uh, they were really sad. And they, you know, when we had a big community party, but they're happy that I did not forget those teachings. 
that's the thing. They said, they said I went even more crazy when I came to United States because I talked more about the herbs. But they didn't expect that. But they're so happy that I'm doing what I love to do when I was still in the Philippines. Yeah, well, the body knows how to heal with the right support. And, you know, even a fever serves a purpose in that it helps burn off the virus. So with, you know, the body knows what to do with the right, the right things. So what, what were some of the first aid things you love to give? Oh, so, oh, definitely like with or without the herbs, like sponge bath, right? Sponge bath, steam inhalation, you know, cause we have a lot of citrus plants in the Philippines, lemons, um, grapefruit different from our grapefruit here so we have and we have like guavas and so we use those leaves a lot for colds for during post delivery you know then you use that for women to wash yourself so we we so so from the sponge bath and so whatever we can place there then the steam inhalation then of course we're known for what we call the Hilot. Hilot is H-I-L-O-T. And people go to Hilot, which could mean also a healer, but also could mean the actual massage. And if you're a Hilot, they expect you to know about you, that they expect you to guide them or to coach them in terms of your food in terms of your herb in terms of when you even when you can take a wash a sponge bath so that's very popular and there we have a lot of what you call arbolario which is also herbolario that's a spanish word so that connects with the curandera you know, in Mexico, in Guatemala. So those are all the indigenous healers that's very connected to the Philippine indigenous healing. And um, so the, the, um, we have like herbs like, um, now it's popular here, it's the Moringa. And we really eat that also. So it's not just like a, an herb, but we eat that, we put that in our food. And of course, now some companies put that as part of their supplements, okay? Um, yeah, tell us about that, why it's so good. Well, because it's in the studies, you know, the when I say studies, research, the professional ones that study, they said it's great for um, balancing sugar, blood meta sugar metabolism, okay? And it's also for women who likes to breastfeed, it helps them produce more milk. So those are the two highlights of that. But then it's known as an antioxidant. So that means again, for people who when you say it's oxidation, so it's inflammatory. So it's great for the inflammation. And because it is green and everyone knows how green is like the super vegetable of all. So it has, again, all those um, phytonutrients, phenolic compounds, and all that is in there. And now um, people use it for tea because now they sell it as powder. And at one point, 
when I went home after many years, they were putting it in our bread. So I said, oh, this is so interesting. <laughs> they put it in our bread. But, and, and, and it's also known that it's also grown, not just in the Philippines. Uh, because I've seen it when I went to you know, Indonesia, I saw it there. And in Thailand, I saw it there. However, just like other things, other food, Sometimes in every country, in every culture, they use it differently. So when we were traveling in Indonesia with my sister and my son, we saw uh, on the way from one town to another city, we saw it on the street and we asked the driver, can you stop, can you stop? He said, we wanna ask that vegetable. And the, our driver was so excited because he said, what are you going to use that? I said, we want to cook it because we kind of miss the Filipino food. I guess we love the Thai food but, and, and the Indonesian food, but at that point, you're missing your food. So what we did, they didn't even, it's that kind of tree that you don't have to pay because almost all neighbors in the Philippines have that tree. So you, you, we, we asked, they gave it to us, um, and in the bar or in the car, while we were traveling to the city, we were preparing it because you have to take it off from stems. And then we went to a restaurant that and graciously asked, can you cook it? But they don't know how to cook that. So we gave them the recipe and they cooked it for us with fish. And, and so we made it into a soupy vegetables. Lovely. How do, Grace, how do you spell it? Just so M-O-R-I-N-G-A. And I saw it in Costa Rica. I saw it in Cuba that they were kind of selling it. But I know it must be growing also in, in uh, Costa Rica. But I got so excited. I said, whoa. It seems like because there's always a continuing studies, although, okay, it's not too big of studies of a lot of plants, but there, people continue to do some research, right? It seems like every year there's a famous of something. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So, so beautiful. That's one beautiful example of how Mother Nature gives us such a gift. Grace, let's go back to sponge baths because, you know, that sounds like such a mundane, simple thing and people forget how powerful it is. Yeah. I know when I get sick, I'll fill a bathtub with very hot water in order to induce a fever. And often that will... Um, help me burn off the virus faster. And sometimes I don't even get sick. But you talked about putting things in the bath. And why, why a sponge bath? Because, well, our skin is the largest organ. And so it's, yeah, yeah super powerful. Just, just tell us about that. Yeah, so, and this is also, the sponge bath is also a practice common among homes, in the homes. But also, it was also popular in, at the hospital when I was a nurse in the Philippines. Uh, let me think, when I came here in 1985, we still did it, but it wasn't, it wasn't like the first thing that a nurse would even think now, okay? The first thing when they think that, okay, someone has a fever, they will give Tylenol because there's a standing order for certain temperature, right, Jane? So they give that. And then so slowly, it was like we're moving away from it. 
Yeah, um, yes, the skin is the largest organ. And you know how, you know, we, because it has all those pores and the temperature, then it just have that natural rhythm of if it's cold water, then it will, the, the pores were closed. And if it's hot water, pores were open. So then if you want to um, decrease your fever, so opening it will be good. So then it will, you know, the, the fever will, you know, it slowly go away. So that was, and, and plus, if we make it in such a way, it doesn't have to be a, a, a strong rubbing of the skin that is kind of also promotes the circulation, which again helps the person detox while they're there. It, it's not even that we're just helping the fever because the fever, as we know, is like our first line of defense. We're like helping the body to, to do its natural course. So in, 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 in doing that at the hospital, we just, um, we, I, I remember we were allowed to put alcohol if there's no sensitivity, okay? We were allowed to put that. And yep, um, we enjoyed also, we can put all the ice there. So that in the hospital, we, don't, we didn't put necessarily some herbs, but at home, all anything that is citrus that is high in vitamin C, you get uh, no okay. So then again, it's like you're feeding the skin, you're cleaning the skin, and plus it's a wonderful. Let's see. Now we go to the psych, beyond physical feeling of your mother, your grandmother is right there taking care of you, t telling you stories, talking to you, or some, some in some um, families, they sing to you while they're washing you. They're just like you know, telling you to, it's okay, you know, things will get better. So that attention is so beautiful. Now, I, I remember that my mother could be very busy, but she will be the first one to take care of us. Then when she gets really busy, then my, my aunt, cause it, my auntie or my grandmother, cause isn't that during those times, and I'm, I'm sure it's, it happens also in other cultures, but I can just really speak from the Philippines that there's always more than two generations in one household. And that again is such healing of, and you know, lots of learning being passed on by just oral tradition, which is very indigenous. Everything passed on to you by experience, which again, for me, that's an indigenous science that is by experience. And that's why I guess I resonated to, to quantum science because it was like I was getting, although I was learning all of these things in, in nursing and I, I continued to attend seminars get all my certification for critical care look made me look so good then i keep studying with western on uh, the integrated medicine you know i could continue but not 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 even all integrative medicine seminars teaches you about um doing that or about emphasizing that it is we are more than physical body that our behavior is important. That uh, that energy, especially a behavior, is a is a key to 
connecting everything. So yeah, so a lot of citrus. I, it, that was one of our favorite herbs there. Then we put now the eucalyptus and because we have also peppermint, you know, but during the helot, I was talking to you about the, the massage. We can use onions, we can use, um, okay, this is a little strong, but that's why you're, if you're really so sick, you don't even care because you don't go out. You just, they just keep massaging you every day. You could smell like they're, gonna, they're about to cook you. <laughs> with garlic, with onions. <laughs> yeah, so they would massage these things into the skin to help heal. Yeah. And, and then we have one um, part of the, and I'm glad we're talking now, because actually I'm, I'm making a series of videos. I'm creating a, uh, uh, I call it Filipino Hilot course, Gabay. Gabay means guide, guideline. I'm going to do a digital course for all of this. And now while we're, we're talking, kinda, I, I may add another video. I now have 22 outlines and so one of the things that we do and this also similar to the chinese is we pull when you have fever or you have a headache you massage and you pull this hair your hair a lot so then if so your parents have all those coconut oil or other oil and the mix there and so that's another way that they like release your fever release your headache release whatever's in there and um, they don't really have to explain everything to us. They didn't have to define things. They didn't have to use a lot of words, which sometimes now I feel like it was an advantage that they didn't use a lot of words because then my imagination was still, you know, I didn't limit my understanding to just the word. Yeah. And how far we've, you know, turned a leaf and the other we've moved so far away from that that it, when someone's sick you know they're barely touched they're just given you know a pill to bring down a fever and yeah so interesting to remember and to bring back these beautiful healing modalities yeah. holistic nursing the organization which uh, which it started sometime in late 80s. It was a really a, a strong influential organization that was bringing this back. I know that because when I first came to United States, there's not a lot of talk about self-care and nurses were, they're so dedicated to others, but not to themselves. That's why there was a lot of shortage. That's why we came to United States, you know, a lot of foreigner nurses came to United States because it was burning nurse, local American nurses and plus no one wants to be a nurse. So, but because of that, um, it, they were bringing it back. However, I don't know about this time. This time it's like basically everything again got cut off like, okay, people, uh, you know, you can extend your hand to sh shake your hand or just although someone said that people look at your look at people more even with their mask on that's not my experience even when i look at someone with their mask on and i don't have mask I don't, people don't seem to look at me 
Mm-hmm. So, okay. So, but I'm happy if that's the experience of another person that they try to look to your eyes. And now we have to do extra effort to smile and let our eyes smile because we can't see it to our face. And um, my, my, our favorite thing to do when, when the daycare for the dementia and Alzheimer's was still open, and that became really my recent specialty, the first thing that we do is smile, joke at them, hug them. Just we, we always do that. And that was like a given. That's just one of the many hugs the whole day. Then, of course, to each other too. We brought, we, we had a good team of very loving, touchy people, smiley people, joke. So we always start, that was kind of like the opposite of when my 20 years in critical care where when you come in, it could be a code right there as I was, as I'm entering. <laughs> so, but of course, during the day, the middle of the day, the nurses um, who um, know how to take care of ourselves and our, our camaraderie, then we, we know how to make jokes or be, just have, have a life, even if we were in the critical care unit. Yeah. Yeah. So the way we've cut people off and quarantined in a way is harmful to the human ability to heal. Definitely. Definitely. So, um, but then I, I'm still hopeful that the more we carry a conversation like this, so individual on one-on-one, when I make phone calls, Jane, I always tell them, make yourself happy. Because some of them, I have a few that they buy themselves. The family didn't even take them for their Thanksgiving. And she's by herself. I said, what is one person for that? But I just tell them, make yourself happy. Find something to do with your hand. Create, you know, or just, I said, okay, just don't think too much of when we will open. Just stay day to day. And if you want to talk to someone, let me know. So I will connect them. I've gotten good in doing three-way. I said, even if they just talk for one, two minutes, because they, you know, being with dementia, they may not have a lot to say. They may be repetitive, but I still tell them, do you want to talk to someone? And some of them said, no, because I feel crappy. I said, okay, whenever you feel like it, let me connect you. Yeah. So it's, it's just hard. Yeah. But I'm hopeful, you know, because our original DNA goes beyond this. Okay. So that's why. And uh, as long as we don't fall into the trap of those negative behaviors, that is not part of our original blueprint DNA of super kindness, loving, and believing that, okay, we signed up for this, but then how do we handle it? How do we respond to it? So, right. and it will, it will change. <laughs> it's the yeah so fear is one of the things that we can fall into what do you suggest people do to awaken their original blueprint what are some of your tips one of my favorite thing is really um making sure that you find a time to be outside especially like in the morning because that's like the infrared that is more healing for us, that's healthier, that's, you know, no fear for all those skin sensitive people. 
so go out there and then yeah enjoy the sun as as one of the expressions says eat the sun okay look at the sun have a little conversation with the sun because that goes straight to your pineal gland plus your skin okay plus it's and and we don't even have to convince you what it will it will do to you you do it and you tell us because it's the 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 uh, outcome of relaxation of going to your parasympathetic nervous system to calming it down is instant instant and so let's see that's accessible right although i know someone made a comment person well how do we do that when we are this this lady comes from uh, the Middle East, and it was really hot. <laughs> so he said, it was very hot here, Grace. So I said, well, you know when to do it. So don't let me tell you when to do that, what, what you need to cover. And so, you know, you, you make your own judgment to do that. So that's one. And then the other one that's easy again, and, and I'm, I'm, I like combining things because if I don't have a lot of time, so with that, being outside, I'm, I'm bare feet also. So now you ground yourself again, okay? Because that grounding again goes back to our original organic minerals that we are really made up of, made of, okay? All right, so that's, that's very practical. And what is it that we all do? And in the first aid, what's the first one? That if we don't do it, we're dead. <laughs> we breathe. <laughs> <laughs> so we breathe and but this breathing that um like you jane your favorite is wim hof I, I like that too but then for others go there's so many um breathing you uh, youtube from pranayama to all other things and that was really also this these things that i'm sharing was the very first things that i learned when I came to U.S., Jane, I, I, my experience when I came to U.S. in the first few months, I say, I say that God did not let me, did not allow me to fool around. Right away, I got connected with people who were in, the, in a group doing what you call know thyself to heal thyself. Then mo they were mostly... Um, common people, when I say common, they weren't health professionals. There was maybe two doctors and one who's going to be a doctor then, but mostly ordinary people like our listeners. And so the, the, by, because of that, I didn't get a chance to fool around. Uh, again, that's why I said that once, once your soul, you know, because we are souls, once your soul knows become aware of what you came here for, all the other things, it, it helps you to connect the dot. So at that time we were doing all the fasting already. We, I was learning already about, that's why I was one of the few who, I made up my form for no vaccination. I made it up, Jane. I submitted it to the school <laughs> and I met Dr. Furman, who is now very famous. And he even said, how did you get away with it? I said, my religious belief. I, then I asked him, how did you get away with it? And of course he said, well, I'm a doctor. So I, he made his own excuse for his kids as well. 
So it connects, everything connects. So yeah, so, so I did that right. So you can go out, you can ground yourself. In fact, if the weather is nice, you can lay down there. And someone said, when I, when I first delivered my son on the first week, we were out on the beach already. He's, I'm exposing him already. In, my, in our little yard before, I let him pray around butt naked. And my, and my experience for myself, if I don't get as much sun during spring and summer, I'm not that strong on fall and winter. So I know that now. That's why as soon as the weather is warm, I have to keep making myself be out there, doing my computer, doing my Zoom, just be out there. Okay, so we did that. And, and the breathing up. How do you feel about sunscreen? The sunscreen, well, I, I really, I, it will still cover up. It will still prevent your, you from um, getting the best vitamin D source. But again, okay, so maybe others may want a little bit, but they said in the studies that even the least amount, it will still affect. So um, then I asked myself, so what are, what's then maybe the natural way of protecting your skin? It goes back again to what we eat. They said, if you eat, you know, as healthy as you can be, which all of us know that we should eat greens, we should not be eating, you know, sugar or, you know. They said, if you protect yourself from inside, then you could protect yourself from the outside as well. Now, to make it, make it a little bit feeling good, I guess, I like aloe. So I would put aloe and that's kind of like soothing. And then if you one goes out in certain time, then don't go out there in the middle of the, at, at the height of the sun. So, I mean, use your judge, one should use the, your judgment, okay? Yeah, I love your, your um, suggestion to go out in the early morning when the infrared is the highest. Yeah, so that's yeah. the best one, okay? Yeah, best time. So you were going into breathing when I asked you about sunscreen. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, you, 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 we know about the Wim Hof, right? And uh, that's really very in interesting because, you know, we, right, Jane? Um, and you're, I, I, I'm, I sometimes I cannot do until the one and a half minutes of holding it, <laughs> you know, for, for before you take another cycle. But it doesn't stop me from doing it again. I just keep doing it, doing it, okay? And, and then the other one that I learned from way before is the alternate breathing, the alternate nostril breathing. And I learned that before meditation, okay? And then the, 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 the counting of inhalation should be, like the, the exhalation should always be longer than the inhalation. And then there's always a holding the breath. And then when I was learning this and all while working also in ICU and working with respiratory therapist or pulmonologist, and then we're, they, when they are uh, doing some ventilator settings, I see the same principle, okay, based on the arterial blood gases when they examine. So 
basically um, that is that is a, a from an indigenous way that they're doing it. I said, ah, this is the lengthening of the exhalation. So, so it's it, it's a, so there is science to it. There is science to it, and the longer the exhalation will always be beneficial when we could practice ourselves in the in holding it and the longer exhalation is that the parasympathetic i guess that's where the word also is long parasympathetic that's how i that's how i remember it right yeah. relaxation parasympathetic yeah yeah and so the longer you can stay in parasympathetic and realize when you're getting outside of that and bring yourself back is so important because it reduces our stress response and it's much healthier to stay in the parasympathetic for so many reasons yeah and i i know um there are some brief okay now don't i mean it's not always safe to do this not safe to do this while you're driving but there's some breathing that sometimes i like to do when i'm driving and this one is not about holding my breath but i'm just doing my abdominal in like i focus on the exhalation like so then it's my belly just keeps on going back out and it they said to focus, don't focus on the inhalation because you will naturally inhale. <laughs> so I like that because sometimes it could be boring when you're driving and you might be upset, you know, and then when you're upset while you're driving, you really hold your breath and that's not good. So then you take a deep breath while you're driving and, uh, yeah. you know, that's when also nice music comes handy when you're driving. <laughs> Now you can do your whole routine while driving. Yeah. To a certain I, Just don't yeah. close your eyes. <laughs> and I did that, Jane, because when before the COVID, when I had, it takes me from my place, from my home to my office was maybe like 20 minutes. So, and, you know, I wake up early already to prepare my whole routine, which means, again, that whole self-care of you take care of yourself, you Wait, wake up early and do your thing and part of that too is in the driving you know sometimes I, I i can do my quiet time for meditation but sometimes i if i didn't get a chance to say some of my mantra or some of my verses i just do that also in the car so yeah yeah so using that time oh yeah for self-care that's a beautiful way of looking at it so Grace, that's you. You've given us such a a wealth of and a look into indigenous medicine. Tell us about. You also have a podcast now. Tell us why you did that and why oh, you're finally the time came. Yeah. <laughs> I said thank you for asking me. Yeah, finally the time came that I had no excuse but to really. Uh, do the podcast I had it I had dreamt of it I had thought of it two years ago then you know I was just doing kind of like I, I bought my own uh, microphone no camera then I said dad let's find this they said you can use this program so it's always like a self-study then but I didn't do very good 
because when I got into that point, like, oh, I have to commit to publishing a number of this, and you know, for a week, said that's a lot of work. <laughs> that's a lot of work. <laughs> so like, so, so I was like, wow, who would want to do that all the time? So it, it, so that was part of my the things that were, you know, saying to me, don't do it yet, and then uh, then technology, like, how do I? really upload these things in an in an easy way you know so then you see a lot of things but then it's still in my heart so i said to myself okay maybe it's not time yet but then when this thing happened the first feeling that i had when it was announced that it is a pandemic for some reason my first feeling i feel like i was choked it's like i felt like uh, part of my speech, you know, is already uh, curtailed, or you know, so that, I don't know. And right away, I said, "It this something is not correct with it." I didn't even see any news yet, but my friend just told me because she's a nurse also. I said because we were in the show, we had a theater show in New York. It was a big production, and I was part of it with with the Filipinos. So it's a great, it is, they declare, World Health Organization declared this pandemic. I said, really? I said, hmm, that's, it can't be, it can't be pandemic. So because of that, then, you know, I kept watching or my, my, my soul was looking for information more. And even if I was no longer working at the hospital, you know, in direct, critical care, I, I knew that what they're talking about, the people who knew or were saying, questioning what happened, I know that there was, that was true because I've been in the system. So I know how about, you know, when you put the diagnosis, when required of you, all that reimbursement, you know, the, you know I was there already too. So, you know, it's, and I just started crying and then someone asked me, and some, actually someone called me and said, so Chris, do you think all these things, is, they said, yeah. And I just started crying because at least someone remembered that I could have an, an opinion, I could have a voice. Then, of course, I saw that, that training, okay, that it is, it was actually not me who saw it. It was George who saw it. And then he knew that in, I had a dream to do a podcast. He said, you know that they're going to, there's a class. So I so when I look at into the class and, you know, I, I just right away intuitively, I like to use my energy to feel if it's the, the right class for me, the right connection. So I did that. And I'm not, and then of course, I had to think of a topic that is, I can talk about the topic forever that I will not get tired of. And that's kind of difficult to choose, but I said, let me just find a way. So, and, and so I'm, I'm happy that, you know, and that's how I met you and, yeah. and it expanded and, my whole world. And your podcast is called Quantum Nurse. Quantum and, Nurse. and what is your topic that you can talk about forever? <laughs> anything that is holistic, in nature that will affect health so that would mean modalities insights um if they talk about uh 
vaccine or the talk about um, big pharma political stuff decisions because it will affect health so anything and i know that uh, holistic healing means everything anything and everything could affect that so and i like i like interviewing people who are experts and also when i say experts who may have their degrees and trained in their in universities but i like also experts from their experience and people who have gone through difficulty and that they used uh, modalities or they had some practice that they were able to overcome and that includes also what other people may call paranormal way i like that because that's also how the filipino indigenous healing we were familiar with what you call the, you know supernatural ways of healing that my even when i went home uh, let's say 10 years ago when if if my if my uncle if we have to cut a piece of banana leaf because we use banana leaf a lot for cooking wrapping the fish or something we will ask permission from the tree because someone other beings might be living in that tree and then we so 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 any of this topic and you know um i, I just i just like talking about um providing platform and not just me talking but i even in fact i think i enjoy more connecting people finding a way for people to speak your truth is big what what you want to speak of just tie it tie it tie it to health that's it yeah and freedom of speech and sharing some truth it's beautiful what you're doing so grace how do people find you um, right, I have my old website that is graceasagra.com, but I have also the new one that I've been slowly building is the quantumnurse.life. And so that's, and that's, but of course, I have the YouTube, uh, Quantum Nurse Grace Asagra YouTube, and the Quantum Nurse in Beachwood. And before I didn't put my R and a very good friend said, no, put your R in there. Cause sometimes I forget that I have to put my R in there. So I put it there. And then, um, then in the Apple podcast, uh, and yeah. yeah, yeah. Like you, Jane too, right? It is exciting. You can put in many different platforms. Yeah. And reach many. Thank yeah. you so much for sharing your wisdom today and i will add all those contacts into the write-up so people can find you and to everyone out there thank you for listening and don't forget don't give away your power to anyone else just go be you and be the wave <laughs>